good? What's good, y'all? We back on our live video, live podcast. And welcome back to the JJ Sports Talk Show. I'm Jordan, Big J. Got my boy, Big Mavs. What's good, brother? What is up, Big J? How you doing today? Hey, man. Long day, long, long day. But I feel that. We have another one. Another one. Back I with swear, another I, one. I swear we had DJ Khaled as our, as our spokesperson, you know? I would Another love one. I would love to just interview DJ Khaled. I feel like that would be the funniest interview, bro. <laughs> you know. Yes, but sir. Um, with another one. How you feeling? How you feeling, big dog? Oh, uh, you know how it'd be, man. Um living life out there grinding. We got all this stuff uh popping in the uh in the sports realm right now. So let's just jump right into it. Big J. Kyrie Irving is not getting vaccinated, man. Um He's going to miss 42 games at least. That's just home games. Uh, not to mention uh, the other games in New York against the Knicks and games against uh, teams in California. We know we got four teams out there, the Kings, the Warriors, Clippers, and Lakers. Um, mm-hmm. We're talking about upwards of 50, of missing 50 games, man. Um, if you're the Brooklyn Nets, how do you move forward with this and how are you feeling about it? Man, big mess. Why did to start with this freaking topic go? <laughs> no, we have oh, to, man. <laughs> so, man, like Kyrie, like, see, this whole vaccination, like, you can't really, like, you know, it's a touchy subject because, like, it's your body, your choice. For sure. Um, but, I mean, you are at a position in your life. And your career where you are making millions of dollars. And some of us are, you know, don't have jobs, don't have, you know, are fighting for every paycheck to put our put food on the table. And I mean, obviously like research is key for the vac- for vaccination to know what is being put into your body. But when it comes down to money, like you're you're losing money, bro, at the end of the day. And the NBA is enforcing that rule now where I think it was um the first rule was uh when Wiggins uh he didn't want to get vaccinated and then he said he can only he can't play whole game home games and you said that before we got on the podcast or live said that there's like a couple LA like there's the the Lakers the Kings um any team in California teams in New York they're not letting people play if you're not vaccinated. The that's state regulations. I don't even think that's NBA regulations. The NBA did um basically shut down Andrew Wiggins for trying to claim religious purposes for um not getting vaccinated. They shut that down. I don't know how that conversation went, but uh I don't know, man. We were dealing with some touchy subjects right now. But at the end of the day, you know, this is an exclusive billionaires club. They set the rules that you have. I would really like to know um, the Players Association's take on this. Kyrie Irving is a part of the Players Association. So there's definitely had to be some conversations. And we're at a point now where if you don't play these games because you're not vaccinated, you're going to be losing out on a lot of money, man. Like, so... um... Do you think that possibly if this doesn't work out, do you think they're gonna go back to a bubble situation, bro? Possible, man. Um, I don't know. It all depends. If we start seeing cases among players rise, absolutely. If we start seeing fan attendance 
taking a hit, absolutely. But I think they're going to be rocking. I mean, we got a lot of we got a couple of teams out there. Um, a lot of players are vaccinated. I know the Lakers are one hundred percent vaccinated, and that's kind of just like the things that you got to do at the end of the day, man. They they said that no matter what, the most important thing here is performing for the fans and going out there to win a championship. And I think that mentality right there, that willingness to do whatever it takes is what's going to take a team like the Lakers all the way where, you know, you know, very well, the Nets are going to be missing Kyrie Irving out on the court. Yeah. Like uh, you bring up a good point, like, you know, like, some teams are 100% vaccinated. Some teams are not, but 90% vaccinated. I think the whole league in a total is 9% vaccinated. The whole league as a whole league. Um, so we have some interesting, well, not interesting, but we have some celebrities like, you know, Shaq, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar coming out. Even Curry's team, a teammate, KD, answered uh, a press conference question. So let's start with a, uh, Kareem, he was saying how uh, Lakers, Lakers legend, um, with the, the sky hook, we all know him, but he came out in a statement saying that if you are on a team and you don't get vaccinated, you should be kicked off the team. So how do you feel about that, man? Like, do you think that's like you know reasonable? Oh, I think it's uh, it all depends, man. If that's my team, I'm gonna be honest. Um. I, I don't know what the move is necessarily, but I, I got to put the team and the brand first. We're out here to win championships. I need you to come to work. You know, I'm paying all this money for what? For you guys not to play uh, half these games, man. That's We're not talking about missing a couple of games here. We're talking about missing over half a season, dog. You know, and that needs to be better. I that's I'm making an investment in these players. My fans come out to see. We're not talking about just a bench player either. We're talking about Kyrie Irving. We're talking about a marquee player in the NBA. People come out specifically to see Kyrie Irving some nights, you know? So me personally, I'm probably looking to move him, man. Probably looking to trade him. But the value isn't even going to be there because his talent-wise, the the talent-wise, the value is 100% there. But then dealing with the other headaches of, you know, my man's going to miss upwards of 50 games. Is that worth, you know, what is that worth? You ain't getting no first-round pick for it, I feel like. True. And, uh, and even his own. So we talked about before the show um, that you um, – that Katie's comments were soft because he said, oh, I think the 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 reporter asked KD, um, are you worried about you know Kyrie not showing up to games or you know or being he was like no nah, he's not worried because like you can't really you know it's just about body his choice like we're 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 gonna go without him like so being so that trio that Harden, KD and Kyrie and him being now if Kyrie steps away from the game due to this situation. Do you think that KD, like being the superstar on the team, do you think his comments were soft or like what do you how do you react to that? Like his comments? Yeah, I, I think uh KD's a great friend in uh taking the pressure off of Kyrie. Uh but I'm gonna be honest, if I'm 
Kevin Durant, like, I'm pretty upset. Like, we decided to come here together before James Harden was even in question of coming here, right? So it was like me and my boy came here to win championships and be great, you know, build up the Brooklyn Nets, be stars on our own without the criticism, take it together, you know, instead of being like, oh, for KD, it's you only won because you got Curry and Clay. And Kyrie didn't want to be in LeBron's shadow all that much. Tried going up to Boston, being a leader there, didn't really work out. Um, so then he converges with his boy KD, who they get along very well, you know. But if I'm KD, I'm very upset because I'm like, Kyrie, I'm doing whatever it takes to win this championship, building this legacy, proving that we are the best team in the NBA today. And if you're going to be missing half these games, like, man, it's great when we're going to have you, but you're a crucial player here. Our bench is not that deep. You know, we just picked up Patty Mills. That's a plus. But outside of James Harden, uh, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Patty Mills, Joe Harris, and, you know, a half of Blake Griffin, what are they really working with, man? It's not that much. I know they got uh, the kid Nicholas Claxton's looking pretty nice, but, you know, Kyrie is still a major piece. We're not talking about a, a bench player some or a role player we're talking about our one of our franchise guys so um just to follow those comment or that statement like what um so do you think if you're an owner of or or if you think you're well Steve Nationalism you know you can't really control like what's what the GM stuff but like if you're a GM of the Nets would you want to keep Kyrie on the team or would you, would you trade him no, personally, man, I think I got to be looking to move him. But like I said uh, previously, you're going to be taking a hit on it, man. Um, he doesn't have value, you know? So, I mean, I'm I'm for trading him, but it's, it's going to be the same It's going to be the same scenario on, on a different team, bro. Because Kyrie is Kyrie. He has the views. He has mm-hmm. – it's going to, like, if the gods strike on my team, the Lakers, and we sign Kyrie – he ain't playing because you know I mean Beckman. If, if you go sure. to the Celtics again, any team like well, I mean, those those teams like, definitely ain't happening. As you you know that Big J, you know yeah. yeah I, mean, I, I think a team. I, I think a team that would be looking to move for him is a team, you know, like the Cavaliers, a, a lower end team, maybe even the Orlando Magic. Um, you know, bro, but they got a so decent that team. Philly, uh, that Philly Brooklyn trade, bro. The Ben Simmons. Oh, I don't know, man. Um, I think it would work. I just Philly seems like they're looking to win, though. They were they they were the number one seed. Um, from I, I think they ended up yeah the number one seed in the East last season. They're knocking on the door. They're looking to win the championship. Ben Simmons ain't the guy. Kyrie could be the guy, but what good is it if he's not even going to be around when we need him? You know, and here's my question. What do you do when you get into playoffs, man? And you're playing teams that are, you know, what if we're dealing with the championship game and Kyrie can't play against the Los Angeles Lakers because game one and game one and two are in Los Angeles, you know? Facts, facts. Um, Yeah, I just like even Shaq came out. I was like, yo, trade him, trade him. Because you don't want that drama. I mean, even it's not really drama because, like, it's like still again, like, it's a great area when, it, when you talk about, you know, vaccinations and forcing stuff on people that they don't want it, 
it's like your your beliefs. But like, I mean, when it comes down to it, it's like kind of drama for the team because you're missing that chemistry. I don't believe the correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think that Brooklyn had a full season when they're all together at one time on the court. Maybe maybe a couple games. I think they literally played nine nine games, Big J. I think they played nine games together, like starting. That's, that's crazy. It. And they're supposed to be the big three in the East. Like a big then they're not. I mean, I, okay, well, Harden had a couple injuries to sideline him, but like they really haven't had that chemistry, man. And like that's why I think the Lakers have that edge because they're healthy. They got Russell Westbrook. Even LeBron was like, in order for us to to win a championship is to stay healthy, hundred percent. Absolutely, and look, everybody, you mentioned it before. Everybody got vaccinated, man. They're all gonna be available, um, unless they test positive for COVID. But they've already took every precautions that they could to stay on the court. These are guys that are they're locked in completely. And hey, I don't mean to like bash Kyrie or anybody out there. Um, me personally, I'm vaccinated. Um, I believe in the vaccination, but that doesn't mean that you have to make your own educated guess out there. But at the end of the day, we are dealing, we're not dealing with your average Joe, where if, you know, they bring X amount of money into the, uh, into a business. And if they're missing, you know, the business isn't going to be hurting that much, depending on your position. When we're dealing with sports here, especially if this isn't the NFL, right? This is not a 52 man roster. We're dealing with 15 man rosters, limited space in basketball and Kyrie Irving got a fat contract, man, you know, so this is a big investment and he's a crucial part to the team. And it's, it's almost harder to, to kind of judge because him missing is, is a giant gap for the Brooklyn Nets, man. I definitely, I definitely agree. And like, um, and like you said earlier in uh, in the show, like you said that, okay, I mean, fans, when they go to the Barclays Center, they're they're looking to see KD, Kyrie, and Harden. But come on, let's face it. Like, I mean, they're coming to see Kyrie, man, because he's, he's a circus act, man. But the handles, he's nice. People want to come see that. I mean, yeah, they want to come see KD and, and Harden. But he, like, Kyrie, he runs the show, man. Like, and, like, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's just a gray area, like, where it's, like, tricky. Like, you know, like, you can't be, like – see, the thing I don't like about the NBA is, like, they're kind of, like, enforcing it on players. Like, hey, it's, like, pay to play, right? So, pay to play. Like, if you don't pay, you don't play. If you don't get that, you can't play. And um, – but it's come down, like, to where these players are getting, like you said, fat contracts. And it's, like, I would – I mean, if I was a player, I would get vaccinated. But then again, I might have a different belief than you, you know what I'm saying? Or, um, but when it comes down to a locker room and like, you know, and like, like that, I don't know what their goals are, right? With the vaccinated, like the mandate in the NBA, but like, I don't think that player can be in a locker room as a vaccinated player. So uh, we travel on the same plan together and, like, you know. Yeah, dude, it's it's we're dealing with a lot of headaches now at this point, man, where it's almost you need to decide what's more important, whether if you want to take this shot and, um, you know, get paid, go out there and win championships or is, you know, your personal beliefs more important to you. And there's nothing wrong with either way. 
But at the same time, I can't necessarily blame a team for being like, yo, we don't want to deal with this anymore. This is just a headache. We're here to win games, put out a quality product, and make money at the end of the day. And how can we make money when, listen, I'm going to be honest. I think people are going to see the Brooklyn Nets because of Kevin Durant first and foremost. Uh, Maybe James Harden uh, second. But Kyrie's definitely up there, man. We're talking about the best handles in NBA history. The man is phenomenal out there. The guy's a complete scorer at the end of the day. People love watching Kyrie play. There's guys out there that make the argument that Kyrie saved LeBron in the finals. This is how good the man is, you know? So, and I don't, I don't know how, what Kyrie's thinking. I can't speak on his behalf, but I I can't speak for the Brooklyn Nets either, but I do know if I'm the Brooklyn Nets, I want him out there as much as possible. And I'm pretty tight that I'm going to be losing fan attendance because Kyrie Irving's not going to be out there. Thank God I have the other two you know, to hold it down. But let's be honest, people are going to be like, yo, we don't know. Especially if they start losing games, Kyrie's going to catch a lot of heat, man. Facts. And like, I'd love this up and I'll probably um, bring this up next podcast if it's so blunt. I'm wondering if the unvaccinated are like are unvaccinated right now. Or I wonder what the rule is when they get vaccinated, fully vaccinated, like if they could come back though. I'm sure it's going to be if, if people decide to get vaccinated mid-season. Um, I don't know. It takes I, – I know like two weeks was like the normal for everything to kick in before you can go back to normal stuff. So if you're going to do it, you might as well do it sooner than later. But, hey, some of these guys, Wiggins, Kyrie, uh, among others, this is what they're choosing. And I don't know, man. I do know that if I'm an NBA owner, I'm – we we've already have enough information out there. We're working with the players union. You know, this is what we decided. And I I don't hate you, but if I start losing games and losing money, hey man, I gotta trade you. And like those players, I mean, it sucks, but they're losing. They're not getting paid for those games. You know what I'm saying? They're not really getting. That's the new policy. But um, but some can kind of argue us and be like, okay, well, um. They can counter-argue and they're gonna counter argue and be like, yo, this is this is you know, this is my body. I'll, I'll put in it what I want. And hey, dude, we're not here to tell anybody what you need to do. You know, we we can tell you what we think. We're giving our opinions out here and we trying to be professional about it. I don't hate Kyrie for not getting the vaccine. Me neither. But if I'll, I'll be if I, I but then again, I'm nobody to the Brooklyn Nets. You know, I'm not a teammate. I'm not a coach. I'm not. I'm not a fan. I'm not. I'm a fan of Kyrie's game. Um, at times, you know, Kyrie can be kind of a a headache out there. You know, he's he's a very um strong mind person. You know, very opinionated. I don't always agree with what he says, but there's no denying that he's he's a baller, man. He's exciting. You love to root against him. You love to watch him no matter what. But as I was saying, you know, if I'm a part of the Brooklyn Nets, then, yeah, I'm pretty pissed off if he's not going to be out there. But, hey, Jay, you did say Ben Simmons, right? Uh, Joel Embiid recently just came out and kind of kind of threw some heat, a little shade at Ben Simmons. 
Did you see that? And if you did, what did you think about it, man? Yeah, I just want to man, thank you for having my back on that. I was I lost my train of thought, bro. That was funny, man. But thank you for that. But um, yeah, like here, let me read the like let me read the what he said to the fans, man. Let me look at that real quick. Yeah, Big J. Um, why we get that? I just, dude, I'm gonna be honest. There, new stuff is coming about this out about this Philly situation every day. You know, it's getting to a point where this relationship is gonna be unsalvageable. You you definitely got to keep it moving. Uh, Big J, I got the quote right here. Uh, Joel Embiid, um, on the 76ers being built around Ben Simmons. Our team has always been built around his needs. Even going back to the reasons we signed uh, Al, my bad, we got rid of Jimmy. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Al was Al Horford back then. Uh, we got rid of Jimmy, which I still think was a mistake, just to make sure he needed the ball in his hands. To that, to me, man, that says 100%. I'm sick of putting up with Ben Simmons. I know he came out afterwards and said, I still want Ben Simmons here, blah, blah, blah. We can make it work. But, man, he just kind of threw him under the bus. He basically said, yo, we've been putting up with your needs for so long. You know, you've been a headache for so long. You're not doing enough to be this much of a headache. We lost out on good players because of you. You need to get it together, man, or get out. That's basically what that – that's a subliminal message to me. That's what that's saying, Big J. What do you think? Yeah, it's basically saying it's, it's basically just what that quote just said. It's like so we had Jimmy, which um, which he was a dog in Philly, shipped him to Miami, but because you we wanted to have Ben had the ball in his hands because he's a point he's like a hybrid point guard size center. Um, I'm a point and, forward, you know, he's point yeah, forward. point forward. Um, and we we have. Basically, we have a good roster on paper. He's got to, you know, go out there and produce. But Ben is um, just like Big Perk. I call him Kendrick Perkins. Kendrick Perkins said he's scared. He's scared. He's scared of playing in Philly because Philly is a tough crowd. Yo, I'm not. I'm not a Philly fan. Y'all know I'm a. I'm a Ravens fan. But like I said in the other podcast, Philly fans, Flyers fans, Phillies fans. Um, Eagles fans, they are all dedicated to their like win loss, and they'll tell you if you're, if you're doing shitty, man. Philadelphia is a rough place to play, man. If you can't handle the Skirt, criticism, man. absolutely, man. Carry but on, carry on, man. He needs to, man. He can't handle the pressure in there. Uh, Perk was saying that when he first got into broadcasting, you know, people were hating on him because he doesn't use uh big words, he doesn't, he's got uh a certain um accent to the way that he speaks and people like oh he's never gonna make it but perk's been around for a while especially in the broadcast and he's killing it but he said you can't shy away especially when you're dealing in those bigger markets perk played in in boston for a while man anytime that he didn't produce and don't get me wrong perk wasn't necessarily a mark marquee guy but he was still in that starting lineup if he didn't produce you hear about it philly absolutely they're one of the most passionate fan bases you got to – if you perform for you, man, you will be on the level of, honestly, God in that city. They love their athletes that perform. But when they when they know that you're better than what you're giving out, 
I don't know if there's a rougher fan base out there to give it to you than Philly, man. And he's running from it. He's he's afraid of the pressure. He's being a child about it. And this is just absolutely unbelievable that the team's giving him everything that he's needed. And he still is just, yo, this this isn't this isn't me, man. This just isn't right for me. You're not catering enough to me. And JoJo's basically saying, like, yo, I'm the one who's been the better of the two, but we haven't been meeting my needs. We've been meeting your needs, and that's why we're not winning right now. So that's definitely shots. It's definitely Ben. You need to go. I need better help because you're like I need somebody that's going to be strong-minded, somebody that's going to be here present and be able to deal with the pressure of playing in this market. And that ain't you, my man. Sayonara. Get me somebody that's worth it. I mean, basically, like I like how you said child mentality because Ben was like, oh, basically our relationship with or Joe and Beat is like salvaged. I mean, just like I mean, look at Jordan back in the day, man. Like he, like same. They're all on the same team, but he was an asshole to his players because they wanted the best out of him. Joel and B the same way. I mean, even though the Jordan and and B played different roles in different eras, Ben or Joel plays harder, plays harder than Ben Simmons. And we all saw. We all saw. I wish. I wish I had the rights to. Uh, like the copyrights to show the video of that playoff game when Ben, we all knew that play against the Hawks when he, I'm starting to laugh, bro, because that one play where he gave up a layup and a dunk and he passed it to Thibault and he missed the shot. Yo. That I was, don't know. That was the vocal point. That was the whole focal point in him. Like, I think, I don't think he cared, man, on that play, bro. I think he was afraid, Big J. I think he was afraid. You notice he there was some stats put out there. Um, he didn't not even score. He didn't shoot in the fourth quarter a lot of games. He was afraid of the criticism. He didn't want the losses to be put on him, and that's why. Hey, you are a point guard. Yeah, distribute the ball. But when you're a player, we're talking about a three-time All Star and a very short career. Ben Simmons hasn't been in the league that long, um, but he's been in the league long enough to know that sometimes you just got to take over. You cannot shy in the small moments. Otherwise, you will get squashed by the pressure. And I think that's exactly what's going on here. He's starting to take the heat, and he doesn't want to deal with the responsibility. He basically just wants to go out there, get paid to play basketball. But he, depending, he doesn't want to be criticized for his performance. When Shaq is the first one to say, this is, this is a life where you're under the microscope, especially when you're a major player like he is in a major sports market, which Philly is up there in major sports markets. And you got to deal with the pressure, man. There's no time for people that that don't want to be in front of the camera, man. Everything that you do once you join this league is scrutinized, examined, and people speak on it, man. If you can't handle it, maybe this isn't the league for you. So, like... um. That's a good take, man. Like, so uh, a couple weeks ago, I think Doc Rivers, the head coach, joined first take, was talking to Stephen A. Smith, and he was like, um, this was before pre-comments of Joe Embiid, um, and Doc Rivers was like, he wasn't really faced. He was like, he was just like, um, yeah, I think we can, we can, I'm obviously he's on national television. He's going to like, I'm not saying he's going to lie about his plans, but he was saying how, um, yeah, we can definitely win win something with Ben. 
Um, I like what we got, but it's it's weird because like a team, a team like Philly, they want Ben back. I think there was a story or an article I read that um, I think Ben was in LA and working out, and some of the players from the Philly uh, drove flew to LA to meet with Ben and was like, "Yo, come back to Philly," and he freaking just ignored them, bro. He didn't even take the meeting, bro. How disrespectful, how arrogant, how dare you, bro? These are the guys, these guys are the reason why you're a three-time All-Star. Don't get me wrong, you put in work, congratulations, but let's be honest. Philly was not a first seed just because of Ben Simmons. Philly was a first seed because everybody was doing their job. Him and JoJo were doing, you know, they're a nice, they're a nice duo. I don't think they complement each other that well. Um, I think there's just too much space down there. JoJo can space the floor a bit, but let's be honest. He's not shooting like Curry, as he shouldn't be. I mean, he's a center, for crying out loud. But having Joel and Ben on the court together, and especially when you're dealing with um, Tobias uh, Tobias um, Harrison. Um, I think the, yeah, Tobias Harris. Yeah, yeah, Tobias, Tobias Harris, my bad. Yeah. Um when you're dealing with them three, man, you're losing spacing on the floor. So I think there's definitely better people out there to play with JoJo. But at the end of the day, like, this is your team, bro. You're you're a first seed because of them. You're an all-star because of how well the Philadelphia 76ers have done. And you're a part of that success, but you're not the reason for that success. How dare you not take that meeting? How dare you disrespect these guys when they've been holding you down for so long? So, of course, Doc Rivers is going to be like, oh, yeah, we can we can win with them. They want him to come to practice They because you're not going to move him right away, especially you. it's not guaranteed. You're going to be trying to put out feelers there. But let's be honest, they're probably going to start the season with Ben Simmons, so you might as well get some playing time out of him. You're going to win games with Ben Simmons. I just don't think you're going to win a championship with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. And if I had to come down to choosing between the two, I'm sticking with JoJo. Because he doesn't shy away in the big moments. He is a little injury prone. Um, but I'm dealing with those injuries because he's got that championship mentality and he doesn't shy away in big moments where Ben is just basically a turtle that tucks away. See, this is why like I love sports because I can connect different sports with, with the same situation. So I feel like this is just really like the Great Bay Packers, bro. Got Aaron Rodgers with the Green Bay, right? I'm obviously they're a championship now winning team, right? Championship hungry team. They're contenders. Um, and Aaron Rodgers, like before he signed what that one year deal, he was like skipping practice, missing practice. Um, didn't want to come because the coach, you know, um, wants to go somewhere else. Uh, but it's like the same situation with with Ben, like you know championship winning team in the Eastern Conference has has the ability to win a championship. Ben, I mean I, I mean obviously you can't really compare because Aaron Rodgers he's he's the star of the team, the starting quarterback. Ben's not I mean he's a three time all star but he's not really like you know the question is who is this who is it Joel Embiid who's the star of that team like so that's where you can Compare like with, with the situation, like he's not he's he's not coming to meetings, not flying back to the team. He was kind of like Aaron Rodgers was kind of low low profile all off season until like he was forced or not forced, but he was like kind of brought to the media asking him questions. He, he he kept it. I don't know if you saw it, but he, he kept it real during the press conference. Um, 
But I don't think I don't think we've seen any freaking press conferences of Ben Simmons. Like he's Yo, been... that's the thing, Big J. Right? Aaron Rodgers is proven. We're talking about a guy who's won MVPs. He's won a Super Bowl. Ben Simmons is not as proven as Aaron Rodgers. So this would be the equivalent of you know Kevin Durant for Aaron Rodgers. Kevin Durant was throwing like these um these little tantrums and stuff and acting this way. It's completely different because this is a guy that's a guy who's arguably not only the best on his team, he is arguably the best in the league. Nobody's sitting there saying Ben Simmons is the best in the league. All right. He does things very well. He's a great passer. He's a solid defender. Uh dare I say a great defender. But he doesn't do enough for you to win a championship. You can't put it. You obviously can't put the team on his back every time you try to. He just passes the ball and shies away. And we're dealing with a guy whose value is not worth the headaches he's putting the team through. I mean, Big J, let me ask you: If you're moving forward, you're the Philadelphia 76ers. Who are you keeping between him and JoJo? That's an obvious. That's an obvious question. I'm keeping Joe and B, bro. Like. I will build my team around him, yo. I don't want no Ben. I don't want no crybaby on my team, yo. Like, oh, this is because of one person. That's because of the one person. I'm, I'm, I ain't gonna play. That's because they had a little feud. Um, yeah, so I'm keeping Joe on B, man, because he's a he's a dog. He can shoot the three ball now. He can stretch the floor, like you said earlier, and dominate in the paint. He's like a Monday Shaquille O'Neal, man, but with, with with a better shot. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I don't want no Ben Simmons because. Like he he's acting a foolish. I'm with Shaq and Perk, man. He's scared. Get him off the team. Ship him to the sunny side beaches with the palm trees, or down down south with the palm white beaches of Miami. Dude, he keeps it up there talking about Indiana. You know, he ain't gonna end up in no oh, California. Man. He's Dang. gonna end up in the Indiana. middle of nowhere. With I mean, hey, maybe him and Sabonis. Would be a nice matchup, but what is worth giving it up? Karis Levert uh, got a little bit of a health in, uh, history. We know, thank God he got traded because they found uh, that spot and basically uh, saved his life. But he also just went through another injury. I, I um, He had a surgery, I believe, in the offseason. So I, I don't know what pieces they really got in Indiana that's worth trading for Ben Simmons. But let's be honest. You don't even have to give up the full bag because he's tarnishing his trade value for the Philadelphia 76ers every day that he doesn't show up for practice, every day he doesn't pick up the phone calls. And Big J, you said that Aaron Rodgers had the press conference and kept it real. You know why we don't see that from Ben Simmons? Because Aaron Rodgers didn't do anything wrong for crying out loud. The Packers did him wrong at every angle, right? The Philadelphia 76ers have not done Ben Simmons wrong at every angle. Let's break it down real quick. The, the, the Green Bay Packers bring in somebody. In the first round, they draft a quarterback, right? They brought in Jordan Love. Instead of getting former MVP Aaron Rodgers, more offensive weapons, more defensive help, they bring in his backup, right? They start letting go of guys that he's comfortable with playing with. And maybe, hey, you can make an argument that those guys weren't performing, but they weren't doing everything to keep him happy. Philadelphia, let's switch back, right? They did everything to keep Ben happy. JoJo even said it. We had Jimmy Butler, dog, top 20 player in the NBA, Jimmy Butler. Love the dude. He's great, great for the team, great mentality. They gave that up to stick with Ben Simmons, all right? So that Ben 
kind of had the ball in his hands a little more, so Ben wasn't sharing the the, the limelight uh, among Jimmy Butler as well. You know, because let's be honest, you know, Jimmy Butler was kind of outshining him a little bit in Philly, right? So that's the thing that it's it's absolutely ridiculous. They bring in Al Horford, who is a center that also spaces the floor, plays. He's a power forward center these days. Um, they brought in more three point shooting to to cover up Ben's inadequacies. They brought in Seth Curry, dude's been killing it from three, right? They brought in Danny Green, been known to shoot threes. They've given this kid every opportunity to succeed, and he just keeps spitting in their face, man. And that's why. I'm, I've kind of lost all respect for Ben Simmons, man. It's time to get him out of there. I don't care where you ship him to get something in return, even if it's something not that much. Anything is better than dealing with this headache if he's not going to show up because he has no value. If he shows up, completely different conversation. Unbelievable, man. Yeah, like, I think your mic, yeah, I think your mic's kind of laggy, man. I don't know if you got my text. Um. I don't know if it's mine or yours, but it's kind of like we can deal with it, man. We can. I apologize, big no, man. but I, gotta I get mean, like, table. yeah, it's all good, man. Um, I don't know if it's gonna, if it's gonna affect the um when I drop it, but uh, we'll see, we'll see. But um, yeah, like I mean, I can still understand what you were saying there. Well, kind of like kind of like staticky, but um, yeah, no, I I definitely agree, man. Like you know, I don't want to. I don't want if I'm Doc Rivers, I or GM of that team, or if not, like you said, like I mean, we can get like another superstar player for in return for Ben Simmons, but I don't want no headaches. I'm, we we are in the Eastern Conference where it's getting tougher with Miami with Kyle Lowry in town in Miami. Um, um, you got uh like still the Bucks. Um, who else? Um, the so Knicks, the, man. The Knicks are, are Knicks. legitimate contenders. I'd argue that the Knicks on paper are just as good as the Philadelphia 76ers right now. Adding Kemba Walker, Avin Evan Fournier, the Atlanta Hawks, you know, like without Ben Simmons, you know, if he's not going to be there, like what do they really bring? We know that they're capable of going deep in the playoffs. It's just whether or not they're capable of winning a championship. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's plenty of teams that I trust. In the East, I, I trust Brooklyn even without Kyrie. I trust Brooklyn over them. I trust. Um, I, I don't. I'm not sold on Milwaukee, but I, I think Milwaukee has a better shot because their players actually buy in. Um, and they, you know, Giannis is a beast. Miami to me looks better than them, and uh, dare I say the Knicks, man, the Knicks got some legitimate pieces now. I don't I'm not saying they're going to win a championship, but I'm saying I see them going farther than Philly with the pieces that they just acquired and the defense that Thibodeau gets out of his players. Right, right. Yo, can you still hear me, bro? All right, bro. I switched my internal speaker to uh, my computer now. It was my Yeti. I had my Yeti in my um it, both like for my mic and my speaker, so I think it's a little better, but yeah, man, I just so we got Brooklyn, we got Philly having a little issues. Philly, uh, Brooklyn, a little different situation. Um, but Philly, like Ben, he needs to get it together. Um, you know, um, so let's move on in the NBA. So, how do you feel about like, you know, Carmelo? Um, he's teaming up with LeBron. He's had the banana boat crew. 
not uh, including Chris Paul, but he's on the Suns. Um, so why do you think that um, it's the right time for Carmelo to join LeBron, man? I mean, obviously, like, we all know the answer to it. I don't think everybody knows the answer to this, Big J. I think a lot of people have been sleeping on Carmelo the last couple of years. I think, let's look at Melo's career, right? Starts off with the Nuggets. Bad, man. Bad. Everybody, it was so exciting to watch. Um, he was a nice young prospect. He was coming off that um, NCAA run with Syracuse. And the dude was just amazing. He was still really athletic. Scoring monster, always been a scoring monster. Goes to the Knicks, dare I say, kicks it up a notch. You know, um, was one of the best ISO scorers in the game, just one of the best scorers in history of basketball. I can't name a lot of guys that are better than Carmelo Anthony when it just prime Carmelo Anthony when it comes to just scoring the ball. Obviously, there's a couple of guys out there, but we're dealing with one of the best of all time. Where you're dealing with a guy who arguably could have beat LeBron in that rookie of the year debate. He's that he was that good. Now, obviously, he can't get it done in, in New York. I don't think that was really his fault. I think it was the pieces that they brought around him. And eventually he ends up getting moved on, right? Was on OKC for a bit. I didn't really see that working. You had three guys. We talk about Brooklyn needing the ball and whether or not it's gonna work. When you're dealing with Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Carmelo Anthony, those are three guys that, you know, Paul George is probably the best of them off ball, but those are guys that need the ball in their hands to make an impact. I didn't see it working. I think they just had big names, and that's what they were going for. They weren't necessarily thinking about team needs. Sometimes you got to go with those team needs over the big names, depending on the situation. Moving forward, he goes to Houston, right? We already know that he has a uh, a rocky relationship with Mike D'Antoni because of those New York years. Mike D'Antoni says, no, Carmelo's going to be starting for us. He's not going to come off the bench, ba ba ba. That's why he ends up there, right? What do they do to a man? They try changing his entire game. They basically stick him in the corner, and they said, Melo, you're going to become a catch-and-shoot three guy. That's all you're going to do. And I think Melo could have done it, but they didn't give him enough time, man. They gave him under a month to try to work his game into it. Like, you're changing a guy's game completely. And we're not talking about him just getting into the league. We're talking about a guy who's been successful at the high, at high levels in the NBA, and you're just going to tell him straight up, we're going to change your entire game, man. I think that tarnishes his reputation because then they kick him to the bench, Big J. Then they move on to... Portland, um, I, I've, obviously he bounced around, got bought out by a couple of other teams, and and he um, ends up in Portland. We see a revitalize in the career, you know. He he took, a, I think it was a year off before he ends up signing there, and I think Portland was the greatest thing that's ever happened to him. It proved that Melo can still score. It can give you 15 to 20 points off the bench. This is exactly what the Lakers have been missing for so long they haven't had anybody scoring this many points off the bench since i can honestly remember being alive obviously you had guys that did their jobs and put up points but nobody at this level big j and let's be honest Melo is and lebron they're getting up there lebron's still going Melo, we've seen signs of slowing down the good thing about Melo is that his game isn't based on athleticism and age as well but at the end of the day his chances of getting a ring 
are slowly coming to an end. We don't have much seasons left with him. This the next two seasons, I don't even know how long he's gonna really want to stay around. This run with the Lakers is basically make or break, or whether or not he gets to add the championship to his career, Big J. I I agree. Like, um, like he's he he's been on so many teams, and like you know. And I feel like I saw a report saying that like he was still kind of like you know I think LeBron correct me I gotta probably look this up but LeBron was what I forget what pick was he LeBron like first pick or yeah LeBron was first pick first Carmelo pick. Anthony was the third pick first in that pick. draft he was because he should have been the number two uh I think LeBron was obviously the first number one pick. Yeah. but I you could have made an argument for Melo a little bit a little bit but I, I think everybody. And the mamas know that Carmelo Anthony should have been that second pick going to Detroit instead of uh, the move that they made. And uh, was it Darko Mirotic? Who? I forget who they took, to be honest with you. But that's my point. The man who they took didn't even, like, obviously they got a championship that was awesome. But, you know, it, it wasn't Carmelo Anthony. If they keep Carmelo Anthony, that's a completely different dynamic. Maybe they win a couple of more championships. And I, I don't know, Big J. I think they really messed up in that draft. Yeah, I saw a report that Carmelo was kind of, you know, back in the day was kind of heated because he sort of got that number two spot. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I think right now, like you're right, like right now is a perfect opportunity. You got, you know, like so potential starting lineup would probably be um, Russ, Russ at the one, maybe Malik Monk at the two. Um, Mello, he's got to come off the bench. I think that's the move you got to have Mello come off the bench. So LeBron and, at the three, Dwight at the four, maybe 80 at the five. No, nah, no, nah, not at all. Big J, let, or, let me break this down for you. DeAndre Jordan. No, 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 listen, listen. You're not, I, I don't think you can have DeAndre Jordan and Dwight Howard on the court at the same time in today's modern NBA. Everybody keeps on talking. I know why you're saying AD at the five, and it's a little confusing for people because there's so much talk of AD has to play at the five, AD has to play at the five. If AD is going to play at the five, it has to be during those small ball. Um, I don't even think you can necessarily ha- even be running Carmelo with it. I think Melo needs to be used as a six man off the bench. And I think he needs to have control of what he's going to end up doing with the basketball. I think if you have Rondo, um, Rondo's passing with Carmelo Anthony coming off the bench, I think you're doing just fine. I think Kendrick Nunn scoring off the bench is going to be just fine. For me, the starting lineup can only go one way uh, because I don't want to see Anthony Davis at the five. Everybody keeps on saying that they want to see it in spurts. I think that's great. But let's be honest, AD is fragile. The five is a very physical position, and you get banged around way too much down there. And I'm sick of not having AD for long stretches of time. So for me, uh, the starting five should be Russell Westbrook at the one. Um, you can interchange the two. I would like to see Wayne Ellington out there because he shoots such a high volume at th- of threes, and he doesn't need the ball in his hand uh, to make an impact. He is legitimately a catch-and-shoot three guy, and he does it very well. Um you can obviously – I think you put another defender out there um, deciding who you want to go with. It could be uh, THT, Tyler Horton, Tucker. Uh, doesn't really matter who you throw just as long as you're going to get defensive effort out of there. And anybody that can shoot a three, does it, it doesn't hurt to keep them out there. You know, Trevor Ariza 
is a little older, could be working, but I think it, it's guys that play defense, shoot threes, and don't need the ball to make an impact at that position. Then obviously you have LeBron at your four. Um, I'm sorry, complete. Uh, you're gonna have LeBron there too, you know. So when you're going small, LeBron's gonna be your four. When you're go and AD is gonna be your five. If you're gonna go big, which I would like to see more, you're gonna have LeBron at your three. Anthony Davis at your four uh, because he can stretch the, the court. He shoots threes. He's a quality scorer. He does basically everything, man. That's why he's the best big man in the game when healthy in my eyes. And then that's when you have Dwight Howard uh, rocking down, though. Obviously, Dwight, you know, is has injury history. He's not going to be playing a full game. That's why you brought in DeAndre Jordan. You brought in the big fellas to bang down low, grab the rebounds, and take the contact. So this way, Anthony Davis doesn't have to, and it doesn't help that it does help that both guys are uh, known to block shots. They're known defensive mind. They're defensive minded centers. I definitely agree, man. Like so, I definitely really like a center position is definitely like you know a a pivotal position in the in the NBA. You get banged up, um, and like you said, Katie's fragile. Um, I think they are, or I know they are. They should be 100% healthy, injury-wise, coming into the season. Um, the, these past couple of years, like Bron, he, he he before he he's went down with those injuries, he was up there in the MVP race, man. Like before he went, I think that one year uh, he had that I think that groin injury. Uh, they he missed like a couple games or maybe like half the season. His obviously his numbers dropped, and people and people were saying how oh, oh LeBron wasn't productive. Well, okay, no dip. Like he had he he had an injury, you know what I'm saying? And he was up there, you know, producing. He's always gonna be up there. We're talking about one of the greatest of all time, Big J. But yeah, yeah he he does. It's such a weird thing because LeBron James is one of those people where it's yo by. Some groups, he's going to be high, can make the most simplest pass in the world, and we're talking about how it is the greatest pass in the world. But if anybody else would have made that pass, it doesn't carry the same um, hype around it because it wasn't LeBron that made it. Then there's other people who I think have uh, some voter fatigue, um, sick of hearing about him a little bit, uh, and they're just going to hate on him at any chance. So right now, as it stands, when healthy, LeBron James is still arguably the greatest basketball player on the face of the planet. All right, but let's be honest. My man is up there in age. We got a groin uh, history a little bit. The Lakers in general, you know, Anthony Davis, a little bit of a history. Thank God Russell Westbrook doesn't have an injury history. You know, um, that was a big signing for them. But Big J, I don't think there's anything LeBron can do to win the MVP this year because of how much help that he actually has when somebody's like a Luka Doncic is going to be shining without that much help and still sneaking into the playoffs. How do you feel about that? Do you think that the roster, obviously team success plays uh, a factor into the MVP, but when you're on a stacked team, do you think that kind of takes away from your votes? Well, didn't Curry win MVP with Clay and Draymond? Like, I mean. For sure. But he um, was doing stuff at an Astro. I think you see what he had to do to get that, you know, that level of performance where, hey, some guys can win MVP by averaging 26, uh, 8, and uh, eight and 5, you know. 
I don't think LeBron is capable of winning an MVP, putting up those numbers, because people are going to be like, look at the help around him. You know, LeBron would have to do something ridiculous uh, on a next level, especially at the age that he's playing with right now and what we've come to expect from him to have a shot at winning the award again. It's crazy because, like, like again, we can, we, we can relate this to football. Like, Tom Brady, man, he's up there with age. But his job, throw the ball, get by his O-line. Hopefully the O-line can protect him. Um, he can play till 50, bro. He, he can play till, like, 60, bro. I don't know about that. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm pushing it, but absolutely. Um, <laughs> but LeBron, I, I, until he wants to hang up the cleats, I'm never going against LeBron. I'm never going against. Absolutely love that you brought that up because that is a, a great example. I don't know if Tom Brady's ever going to win another MVP, especially with the stacked team that he's playing with down in Tampa. I do know that he's going to keep on adding to the legacy. This guy legitimately has a better odds of making the Super Bowl than Ben Simmons does having a free making a free throw. All right. It is absolutely ridiculous um that that is a thing. But you can look it up. You can at me at that. Uh you can at me at Big Papa Maz on Twitter. Um if you think I'm playing, go check it out for yourselves. But um Big J, moving into that, right? You brought up Tom Brady, yeah. another GOAT. Legitimately in my eyes, I don't think LeBron's the GOAT of basketball. I do think that Tom Brady is the GOAT of football in terms of quarterback. Not necessarily the greatest quarterback talent of all time, but in terms of career and accomplishments, you cannot lie. This is a bad brother. He is the GOAT, and the GOAT is returning to Foxborough this weekend. What are your thoughts on the, dare I say, the king coming home to the Forgotten Kingdom? Well, first, did you, did you see the promo, that commercial? Um, I think uh, I went over in my sports uh, my sports class on the I think NBC released a um, they played the Odell song on Hell from the Other Side and uh, it kind of I mean they, you can tell it was edited because like you know like the fans were like they made it seem like Tom Brady was like looking at the fans um, made it look dramatic um, but yeah man it's gonna be a big game. Um, must win game off of because uh, Tom Brady they got they got busted by the Rams last week, so uh, must win game coming back to Foxborough. Um, I mean, I, I mean, it's no it's no brainer. They, they should win, man. They should win. Because um, Matt Jones, he's still a rookie, man, still learning the ropes. Um, like you said, I think that the Bucks are more. Like talented, you know, all across the board. You got A B. I mean, we talked about that last podcast. A B, uh, Godwin, um, Gronk. Um, Yo, but Big J, here's hey. what we're forgetting, Big J, right? We are dealing with the greatest coach of all time, my man. It's not even close. The GOAT. Nobody's even touching this man. And Brady's been there for a long time. Gronk was there for a long time. You know, this man, he knows their tendencies. You know, what what role do you think that that is going to play? I, I don't think this is going to necessarily be an easy win. 
I think Bill Belichick is going to go into his bag that he's been filling with tricks for years as the greatest coach of all time because he wants to make a statement too. Hey, I didn't need Brady. I didn't need Gronk. They were just pluses to have. I'm the mastermind behind this whole thing. This is literally this game, although he is dealing with a rookie quarterback, I think this is going to have people talking about whether or not Brady needed Bill Belichick and vice versa, because we already got people saying that Brady didn't need Belichick because he already got one without him. But the fact of the matter is that was a stacked team. I think that's the most stacked offense that Tom Brady has ever played with and just in terms of pure talent. But let's not forget, man, Bill Belichick's been around for a long time. He knows this quarterback very well. They've been together for years, man. So what do you think, Big J? You think that that's going to play an impact? I don't think it's going to be an easy win for the Bucs, man. How about you? But I do think the Bucs win. I mean, yeah, you do bring up a, a good point. Like Brady and Belichick, that it's like Tim Duncan and Pop, man. Tony Parker and Pop. Ginobili and Pop. Players who have been around the league with the same coach that can be an advantage. So the Belichick probably knows how he plays, obviously. Um knows how he reads defenses. Um, I mean, so it could be a, a – I would say with that Ravens and Raiders and Ravens and Chiefs for a games games of the year, I think this can be – this could top the game of the year, man. Um, I see it, man. I see it. I see it. But I don't know. That, that overtime crazy back and forth uh, Raiders-Ravens game, that, that's probably right – I mean, so far that's the most that's the game of the year right now, but it could be, you know. It's a dark horse for it, Big J, but I think you you definitely make a, a solid point where we don't know what to expect in this game. Let's be honest. On paper, on paper, it's a clear winner, right? Tampa looks ten times better than the Patriots. But like I said, we're dealing with the greatest coach of all time dare I say, the greatest mind in football history at the professional level. He's definitely going to be in his bag. If it, it, This guy is capable, is capable of anything when he has his players listening to him, man. This guy has gotten more out of mediocre players than anybody we've ever seen. We talked about it a couple episodes ago where these guys come to the Patriots. He knows exactly how to use them. He makes them stars. He knows he doesn't need to pay them because he can get the next guy and do the same thing. Let's them walk. Some team gives them a fat contract. We never hear these guys ever again. He knows Tom Brady's weaknesses. He knows Gronk's weaknesses. He breaks down film like nobody else. The guy's a defensive mastermind. Their defense has been top of the league since he's taken over. They just need better talent on that team. And I'm sure it'll come. Mac Jones isn't necessarily, in my eyes, uh, a great quarterback. Um, out of the rookies that came in, I'd rather have Justin Fields. First of all, I'd rather have uh, Trevor Lawrence. We'll get into that in a second. But Mac Jones, I think, is definitely in the best situation to have arguably the best career out of rookie quarterbacks. I think just based on talent, I don't see it. I think guys could have better careers than them. But in terms of you know, accomplishments sticking with Bill Belichick being that uh, systematic quarterback 
you know, he's set up for success as long as they bring in more pieces down the road. So anything is possible when dealing with Bill Belichick, Big J. What do you think? I mean, I've I can't I can't disagree with you, man, because like right now, like when it comes to sports, I think he's probably one of the best, like, you know, coaches up there with you know, Nick Saban and in college football. You got Mike um I'm gonna I'm I'm going to butcher this dude's name, Mike Chris Kreskowski from Duke. Um okay. <laughs> Coach K. Okay. I can't say the name, man. I'm not even making an attempt at it. I applaud <laughs> you. That was pretty good. Yeah, I was. Um, well, I'm a dude. I'm a big dude. Sam, when it comes to basketball, so I mean, I, that's another day. For, that's another topic for another podcast. But um, you know, he's up there. Well, you know, Popovich. Um, like he is. Like, even so, Jackson. Like you know, um, he's up there with you know coaches and he knows his players well he's he's groomed Brady like didn't we say like Tom Brady was, was like the last pick in the draft he was a six round pick and looks what he's got out of him now obviously we got to give Brady credit because that doesn't happen all the time it's near impossible like he put in work like let's not let's not get it twisted Tom Brady is a bad man and is the greatest quarterback of all time it's the greatest career in football history of especially um, when dealing with the quarterback position, you know, so he put in that work, but you can absolutely say big J that he doesn't progress the way that he does. If he's not under Belichick, who knows what happens if he goes to the Cleveland Browns in that, in that year, you know, we may never be talking about Tom Brady might just be among the list of quarterbacks for the Cleveland Browns that were first round picks. Well, he, he was a six round pick obviously, but, you know, we're dealing with an organization that's had multiple first round picks that didn't pan out. If he goes to any other team, this man, this six round pick might just exactly be that nothing more than a six round pick and doesn't end up the goat. So uh, it, it's, I think it was just the perfect recipe for success. Those two coming together, but do they necessarily need each other? I don't think so. I just think them together is damn near unstoppable. Yes, I mean I'm, I'm excited to see this game on Sunday. It's a Sunday night football game, right? Sunday night. It's a Sunday football game. It's it's we're talking about. Hey, like I said, I think Tampa wins. This is arguably could be game of the year. We got a lot of bad blood going on here. Don't forget Gronk too. Gronk said, I don't want to play here no more. I'm going to retire so I can get out of this contract. And then my boy Tommy hits me up and be like, yo, we're going to get this championship. You my number one dude. Come get this. Let's build this legacy up. And Gronk goes, okay, yeah, sure. It sounds like like that commercial they do together, the T-Mobile commercial they do together. Like, oh, yeah. That's that's the relationship that they have, man, you know. So, yeah, um, Sunday, October 3rd, 8.30 I'm sorry, 8.20 p.m. We all know that kickoff where we starts later, so you might as well just set your time for 8.30. Uh, Buccaneers-Patriots, it's going to be a quality game. Big J, looking at the games moving forward uh, for this week, you know, we have a little rival game in uh, the Lions and the Bears, not necessarily the greatest talent, but bad blood between the teams, inter uh, interdivision there. Uh, we also got... The Rams and the Cardinals got some talent on both sides. Raiders and Chargers, you know. Um, what do you think? Browns and Vikings, I mean, what do you think 
is going to be the game of the week. Definitely to keep your eyes on. Obviously, we just said um, the Patriots and Buccaneers. Do you think that that's the number one game to keep your eyes on? So I'm looking at the phone. I'm looking at the schedule for the week on um, week four. Um, so we see the Bengals uh, capped off or kicked off the week for the for for week four with a win, three point win over all the Jaguars. Um, one o'clock game, Washington versus Atlanta, a toss up because they're both you know. Uh, I don't. I can't, I don't know, man. I don't want to just say they just say Big J the the garbage. We don't want to watch that. They're garbage, but with a, a prediction, I think the it could go either way. I think the Washington either way, defense, man. I, either way. Um, I mean, Big J, you know, what? let's just let's just go down. Let's just go down the list real quick. All actually, right. So you, first off, like, are, you, like, are you on your laptop? Uh, no, man, I, I got it on Bleacher Report right now. Oh, okay. Um, on my yeah, phone, I got you real don't quick, worry. big dog. Don't worry. So, um, obviously. Last night we had the Jaguars and the Bengals. For those of y'all that didn't watch that, you missed a hell of a game. Trevor Lawrence proved why he's the number one pick in the draft. Um, everybody just thinks these these Thursday games are just throwaway games, Big J. But or that when you have two um, teams that aren't necessarily towards the top, that it's gonna be a bad game. I think it's anything but. I'd rather see two teams that are more close to a talent level go at it than a big discrepancy because either. Because then you're just going to see a blowout. Um, anything can happen in the NFL, especially. Um, it's a violent sport. We see a lot of injuries go down. She's a game last week. Anything can happen, man. Anything can happen, man. So, and that's the thing. I mean, hey, look at look at the Raiders game a couple weeks ago, man. That was insane. They anything could happen in this league, and it's amazing. But so, moving forward, yeah, you know, true. I saw the Texans and Bills. Uh, Bill, Bills all day. Bill Bills all day. And if the Texans pull that out, it's it's a miracle, and the Bills shouldn't even be allowed to be an organization because they've already blown four Super Bowls. They're gonna they're they're looking really strong right now. They should not lose that game. Um, I think it happened though. Um, uh, the next one I have is Lions and Bears. I think that's um, gonna be a war, man. I think it's gonna be a war. I, I think we're we're talking about some bad blood here. Detroit and Chicago right by each other every time they play. You know. It's. I, I think Detroit comes out on top, to be honest with you, but it, it's going to be a heck of a game. And if you can watch that, I definitely suggest tuning in for that one. Uh, moving forward, next one I got here is the Browns and Vikings. Browns are looking pretty good, man. That defense with Miles Garrett and uh, Jadavian Clowney, that's a bad defense. Baker Mayfield's a solid quarterback. Yeah, they're, they're, all right. they're eating up uh, Dustin Fields, man. Oh, I'm my God, they I, I feel I ran for his life. Him. Rookie quarterback running for his life. You got to be kidding me. It's a bad defense moving forward. Odell Beckham's coming back. You're expecting big things from him? It's funny because people are my viewers or our viewers, they're going to hate me for this. But my stupid self, I had Odell Beckham on my fancy, right? And he was out, right? He's on the IR, right? Mm-hmm. My dumbass took him off my roster. Um, <laughs> yeah, you didn't. You didn't. Come on, man. You gotta uh, see what he's capable of. You got man. Is, uh, because I don't who I didn't know because like he come from that what the ACL or I'm not sure he, what he's coming. I think he was an ACL. Um, so hey, I, listen, I wasn't sure. Like I wasn't sure like when he was gonna be starting. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't. Mm-hmm. I knew it was up in the air. So 
I think I think Odell Beckham Jr. is a, is a good example. Um, we were comparing to Ben Simmons before. I think that is exactly what Ben Simmons is. He's he's an Odell type player where he's been known to make some great plays, but he's been streaky when you need him. Um, Odell obviously has like the injury history, but we saw like the Giants said we're not putting up with this. We just shipped your ass to Cleveland. Ben Simmons, take note. You might just end up in the middle of Indiana. All right, you want to be in California, but. You might just end up in the middle of a cornfield, my man. Um, but yeah, that's definitely gonna be a uh, a solid game. You know, the Vikings are looking pretty nice. But I think I like the Browns beating them. Absolutely, I think that Dalvin. Listen, I hate, um, I hate to say it because they're they're in my team's division, but yeah, I I mean the um the Vikings are looking pretty good, man. Uh, Dalvin Cook's been a solid running back. Uh, I have a little animosity towards him because the year that I take him in fantasy is the year that he goes down with that knee injury. So thanks for that one. You've been a stud ever since. But hey, uh, Kirk Cousins has been uh been killing it. You know, last week had a quarterback rating of one twenty eight point four. As we already said last week, one fifty eight point three is the absolute best that you could do. So that is a fantastic rating. He played against the Seahawks. He Went 30 for 38, 323 yards, three touchdowns, zero intercepted. And, you know, the, the, the Seahawks have been known in recent years to have a solid defense. It, dare I say a great defense. It's, it's definitely not what it used to be. But the fact that, you know, he only got sacked one time, they're, they're doing pretty good. Um, But, yeah, I definitely – I'm probably calling the Browns on that one. But it, that one could legitimately go either way. Um. Let's see week four here. Washington and the Falcons. Um, I think it's going to be a good game, but it's going to be an ugly one. Washington's defense is supposed to be so spectacular. They have uh, some uh, Chase Young coming off the edge. That kid is going to be a generational talent if he stays healthy. Um, shout out Ron Rivera. I believe today was the uh, the year anniversary from him beating cancer. So round of applause for Ron Rivera right there. We'd love to see that. They surprised him. Uh, with a nice little uh, video package and dedication to uh, a charity for cancer research. That was awesome. Uh, Falcons need to kind of get it together. Um, a little sloppy of a team. Matt Ryan has been playing, you know, all right, coming off the win. It, it was an ugly game against the Giants, that's for sure. Uh, Matt Ryan had a good game against them, but the Giants are not really a good team. But, See, like what what I think about Matt Ryan is, is like kind of reminds me of what you said what you said earlier as how like I think this year it's his I mean obviously I don't, I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs but I think it's like he's getting old too man might be and time to move on it's time to move on or retire man <laughs> no, I'm saying like for the Falcons it's time I think it's time for the Falcons to move on it's you need to start thinking quarterback he's up there in age no. uh, he's been no. a solid quarterback man but is he the guy is he is he going to go out there and win you games? I don't think so. Um, I think not, like he's not what he used to be is what I'm trying to say. I don't want to disrespect Matty Ice there. He's been solid over the years, but I think it's time to move on. You don't have to worry. Uh, no, no, no. You don't have to worry about He should be worried about his, like, vacation time, man. And, like, going to the Bahamas. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. maybe he can go to, like, a team that needs him, like, you know, that can give him that championship. He, he's at that time, at the Carmelo Fowler time, like no It's way. time to move on. Atlanta's not doing nothing. They're they're obviously they kind of a rookie tight end. They're hitting the rebuild mode. They just got pits. They they just let go of Julio, but Julio has like the injury history. They didn't want to 
play him. I I can't blame him on that, but man, they're in rebuild mode. It's definitely time to get Matt Ryan out like, of there. Who is who is I don't know the running back. Who's the running back, bro? I don't know. <sighs> Dude, I honestly it, it's it's <laughs> going great over the years. It, it's really been no one other than, other than like Devontae Freeman, which we now we got. Oh, dude! Um, they picked up uh, they picked up Cordell Patterson from the Bears. That guy's like a Swiss Army knife. Um, we saw him do a little bit of everything for the Bears, from returning uh punts, kickoffs, um, running the ball out of the backfield. Even though I'm pretty sure he was uh been a uh, wide receiver. That guy's just Swiss Army knife and is absolutely awesome. Um, but I believe their number one other depth chart should be Mike Davis. Uh, Mike Davis against, you know, against the Giants was not great. The Giants are not a great team. Um, he only had 50 yards of uh, on 12 attempts, which is like, hey, man, that's all right. You know, he's, he's averaging 4.2 yards a game, but that just goes to show you that Mike Davis isn't doing much against uh, teams that aren't that good. You know, let's be honest. Um, they played, they got rocked by the Bucks the week before. Uh, Davis had 38 yards on nine attempts, you know, averaging 4.2 yards. Hey, man, you average 4.2 yards, you'll end up put a first down, but it's not fantastic uh, numbers, you know. So I don't know. I'm not sold on the Falcons. I don't think anybody is. Um, they're a bottom of the pack team right now. And they're going to continue to be that as they're in this rebuild. And as you said perfectly, Big J, it's time to move on from Matty Ice and let him go out there and try and, you know, get one for the, the old resume right there, you know. We have the Chiefs and Eagles. I expect that to be a slaughter as we saw the Dallas Cowboys laying down the smackdown on the Eagles uh, earlier this week on Monday Night Football. As a Cowboys fan, that was awesome to see. Dakota Prescott looked amazing in that game. Uh, defense looked fantastic, but I expect Patty Mahomes to absolutely dice that defense um, up in Philly. That's going to be a slaughter. Yeah, that's going to be a slaughter. That's going to be like like 50 to 0, man. Uh, it, it damn well could be. I see Philly probably scoring probably 14 on them, but I, I think it's going to be like a, a, a 42 to 14 game, to be completely honest with you. But like you said, it's the NFL, man. It's the NFL. Anything could happen. Um. But yeah, especially Patty Mahomes coming off a uh, little rocky week. Uh, he threw a couple of interceptions that is not like him at all. So expect him to be back with a vengeance. Um, we have the Colts and Dolphins. A little interesting. Um, you know, I that's another toss up game. Another toss up game. I, I it, like it could go either game. way. Colt, I think Colts um, will get it because Miami is just – they can't they can't finish games, man. Yeah, they've been having troubles with that for a while. I mean, hey, they hung in there with the Raiders um, last week. They took them to overtime. They lost 28-31 to 31 in overtime. Um, I believe they're rocking with Jacoby Brissett as their quarterback right now. I think Tua went down. Um, hey, we'll see. I know they have a nice rookie in uh, Jaden Waddle down there. Uh, Mike Gusecki's been a solid tight end for them. Um, so we'll see, man. Uh, the running backs these days, looking, it's Miles Gaskin. So these are guys that 
you know, they're just they're just pretty solid at the end of the day. You know, nothing great. J- Waddle has the potential to be a, a top wide receiver in the NFL, especially we saw him go uh, pretty high in the draft, especially for wide receivers. I believe he was the he was within top two of wide receivers taken off the board. I really thought Devonta Smith should have been. We all know he went third for wide receivers, but um, you know. Like we said, that's absolutely a toss-up. I believe Carson Wentz for the Colts is still down. Um, I don't think he's going to be starting this game. Um, Carson Wentz is pretty – he's questionable. We'll see if he plays. We got a lot of injuries in uh, Indianapolis. You know, Jonathan Taylor, star running back, his knee is questionable. Uh, Carson Wentz is their starting quarterback. He's questionable with those ankle injuries. a lot of injuries, man. We are literally talking Carson Wentz, Jack Doyle, Doyle uh, Jonathan Taylor, a um, couple of old linemen down, and in all, we're, we have nine players out as compared to – I'm sorry, one. We have four questionable, nine in total players that are potentially out for the Colts, where Miami's only really missing um one. I really haven't been paying attention to the situation down in Miami – I'm kind of curious what happened with Tua. I haven't heard any injuries with him, but I wouldn't be surprised if I missed that. He has, you being an Alabama fan, know that he has the injury history there. But I think I'm actually liking Miami on this one. What do you think, Big J? You're on mute, my man. Shoot, man. <laughs> nah, I, uh, um, yeah, I like Miami, man. Um, like, who, so who's their, who's their backup for Miami? Uh, Jacoby Brissett, who I think they are rocking with, uh, Tua has not been great. He got some action against Buffalo. Like I said, I don't remember Tua going down, so I think they might have actually just might have benched him. Um, you know, he, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what's going down there, man. I don't trust Tua. Poor kid's been injured. Um, yeah, because remember he had that. He had that. Like, he had um because he went down. I forget what team he played in. Um, when he was at Alabama, but he had that that foot injury. Mm-hmm. He so, had a, there was a problem with like uh I believe he had a problem with, like the hip too. Um, pretty sure he broke his hip back when he was in college. Yeah, that was that. Um, oh, that was that game. Yep, that hip. Yeah, you know. So this is a guy that uh is questionable. I don't. I I don't know how two was gonna pan out. I'm not sold on him. You know, I think Alabama made him look pretty good as a quarterback. Um, as I said, out of Mac Jones, um, Tua, and um, Jalen Hurts, I think Jalen Hurts is the most talented. It's not even close for me, to be completely honest. But moving forward here, we got the Giants and the Saints. I expect the Saints to beat the Giants. Uh, never know with that one. You know, they're, they're rocking with Jameis Winston. Jameis is capable of throwing for 30 touchdowns in a season with 30 interceptions. So kind of a toss-up for me on that one. But they've been they've been doing pretty okay. So. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think the Saints got that got the one in the bag because the Giants are their own three. I don't trust the Giants, man. I think it's time. You want to talk about moving on from quarterbacks? And I, I'm not even saying this. Like, Matty Ice has been solid. Daniel Jones needs to go. I've been saying it. For a while now, I'm not sold on the guy. Yeah, if he's your backup, okay, that's fine. He should not be starting if I have the t- if I have a team. I'm looking to draft a new quarterback. He's been given enough chances. Obviously, he could use a little better of help, but at the end of the day, 
when you're a quarterback taken that high in the first round, you expect that guy to make plays, and he's just not that guy, man. Time to move on. I mean, I, mean, I, I definitely agree with you, man, but some can counter that um, that one game against Washington. It wasn't his fault. It was I – mean, they had the game in the bag. Dude stepped over the line, man. The first, um, but that's uh, the thing, Big J. That is – everybody said that. Everybody has said, especially Giants fans – Look at what he did in that game. Okay, man, that was one game. Look at what he's done in every other game. Look what he did against the Falcons. I was at that game working at MetLife Stadium. Um, I'm up in the upper 300s, but, hey, MetLife Stadium is a fantastic structure. Anybody that's been there, if you're up in the 300, you can still see everything. Um, so whoever built that stadium really knew what they were doing. And you saw multiple plays. Guys are wide open, and Daniel Jones just constantly overthrows them. Guy doesn't make good plays, doesn't make big plays all the time. Um, I just don't trust him. I'm not sold on him. I don't see what's so special about him. Yeah, he's got some arm strength, but it's being a quarterback in the NFL is way more than just being an arm. I don't see him taking those steps that uh, Josh Allen took. It's another guy who was a big arm that we were questioning. Hey, how is he going to be? Bah, bah, bah. Yeah. Obviously, a big arm is awesome, but I do not see him progressing the way that Josh Allen did. He took some big steps. We're talking about going from a guy who was just overthrowing to top of the pack in terms of quarterbacks. And Daniel Jones, to me, is not the guy in New York. Time to move on. And for that reason, the Saints are going to win. So let me ask you this, man. So you think that he you don't see really Daniel Jones progressing as a passer, but he's one of those, like, you know, I would say traditional pocket passer. So would you? I, we saw him. He's got some wheels. He's not Lamar Jackson. Oh, here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes, brother. Would you put Lamar Jackson over, over Daniel Jones with the what, like this he year? Hasn't, hasn't. Absolutely. I think. I think Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Been, Lamar's been throwing some good passes. This I, I think Lamar Jackson throw. Uh, I I trust Lamar Jackson's um, passing over Daniel Jones because here's the thing. Even if I didn't trust Lamar Jackson's passing, he still adds that second asset of being able to take off and run. I know, Big J, you're big. You, you, you love guys that can that are mobile. I love guys that are mobile too. I just don't want that to be their main facet, the main um, style of play for them. I want them to just save that in the bag where I feel like Lamar might take off a little too early. Um, he needs to trust his passing better. But that's the thing. Daniel Jones takes off. We saw he had that 80-yard 80 run. 80 run um last season and what does he do man the guy's so unathletic he freaking trips over his own feet <laughs> and hits the ground before he even gets to the end zone i don't trust the guy i think he's i just don't think he's the guy and yeah you could say i'm hating out there but the guy hasn't done anything uh new york obviously hasn't had the most help he's playing with saquon saquon's solid they should be able to establish the run that line's been trash for a while but i've just never seen the guy make an action like he does not make enough plays for me to say hey this is definitely the guy that we that I want to stick with moving forward I think it's definitely worth bringing in a rookie quarterback and try and get some competition out of there and I think that rookie quarterback if you take him high enough is definitely probably gonna end up beating him out in my eyes especially dealing with Sp- hey Spencer Rattler down in Oklahoma right now is looking like a bad man right now you know I think it's definitely worth getting another quarterback in there um, he's not a guy that's worth paying uh, a fat contract for me to be my guy. I don't see him being that the the guy in New York. 
Um, and we talk about sports markets. New York is another one of those, hey, we expect you to be great. You know, it, you're going to hear about it. But I, I think Daniel Jones has really gotten a lot of slack from the New York um, fan base. I think they're just giving them way too much chances. And it's definitely time to keep it moving. And just like I said, keeping it moving, moving forward, Titans versus Jets. Um, obviously, oh, yeah. most of us would say. Yeah. Before we get to the next subject, man. Uh, the, My bad. Uh, other boy, do uh, you know uh, Demetrius? He's in your interpersonal communications class. Yep. Yeah, he, he said shout out to Big Maz, man. Oh, bro. Demetrius <laughs> is the dog, bro. We have great soccer conversation. You can catch us in between <laughs> class. Talking soccer all day. Shout out to Demetrius. Great guy right there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. But Big J, we got the Titans and the Jets, right? Um, Obviously, most of us would say the Titans would destroy the Jets. But let's not forget, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones are both going to be out this week. What does that mean for the Titans? And do the Jets have a chance of winning one here? I mean, I would say that the Jets could, like – Cause I wasn't. I know we talked before pre-show before we hopped on live, and um, you said that AJ Brown and Julio were out, and um, I mean, I think they just can. I think uh, they can get their first win, man. It's definitely possible. Definitely possible. I think um, they're going to be relying heavily on the run. Um, the Jets aren't bad at stopping the run, as we've seen. They've always been like a decent at some form of defense ever since going back to the Rex Ryan years. Um, you know, they played against Christian. They they held Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey, CMC, who some say is the best running back in the league. Week one, they held him under 100 yards, no touchdowns. Um, you know, that's really big. You would expect CMC to dice them for more yards. The Jets do not have a bad run defense. Uh, moving into week two. They played the Patriots. Obviously, the Patriots don't really have a stud running back, but uh, I believe they're number one up there um, running back. I, I know they they use a, a multi-back system. They like getting multiple guys the ball there. I believe uh, James White and D. Harris are their guys, both of them, 62 yards, 20 yards. So we're talking about a defense here that is – Decent at stopping the run. You know, even against the Broncos, they got blown out 26-0. Um, Melvin Gordon, number one running back in Denver, 61 yards. This is a team that is solid against the run. Um, but let's not forget, Derrick Henry is a beast among men. That guy does not just run through guys. He hurts the guys as he runs through them, man. He's leaving bodies in his path. This guy, to me, I, I think I'm at the point right now where this is the best running back in football. Um, Christian McCaffrey obviously is up there. I myself took Christian McCaffrey first overall in my fantasy football draft. Um, <laughs> but with the injury, the guy with the injuries that CMC is having, Derrick Henry's the clear number one right now. And I don't see this guy being stopped. This man is just, as I said, he, he's a warrior. He's legitimately a beast among men. You, you are, you are, you're funny, bro. <laughs> he literally freaking stiff arming people, 
turning people, turning, making players do swirls, bro. <laughs> he is like, he is like, boof, boof. He's making, he is like, I hate to bring it up, but he made Earl Thomas look like a boy, man. Absolutely. He, and that dude can run too, man. He can run. He's fast for that frame, Big J. Like the velocity that he's generating. Oh my God. How do you tackle that, man? The guy's got tree trunks for legs. It it's just it, you know, when you're playing football, you never want to be scared. But if there is a person to be afraid of, it is Derrick Henry. He is he's he's a monster, man. So I mean so who do you have winning, man? Do you have do you have um who I'm sorry, who's the quarterback it's for the Jets, man? Zach Wilson, number Zach two Wilson. overall pick. I keep on um so Zach Wilson, do you see Zach getting his first win? Or do you see that Derek Henry just bullying 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 the players, man? Because oh, man. the Jets do have they had Mosley, uh which was our former linebacker, our middle linebacker. Yeah, Mosley. Yeah. Solid piece, um, one healthy. I know there's a little bit of problems with him staying on the field every now and then. Um, I think it's actually – I got to be honest, man. Looking at the Titans, um, I really – and looking at the Jets, I don't see – the Jets obviously have a good run defense, but we are talking about the best running back in the NFL. If um, – Ryan Tannenhill is no slouch. I think he's benefited from guys around him. Um, but let's be honest. Who do the Jets really have as a number one wide receiver? Um, I think the talent level of the Titans missing their two top guys might just be equivalent of what Zach Wilson is actually working with uh, here in New in in you know New York. I don't know. Should be New Jersey. You know, everything else they do is in New Jersey, playing New Jersey, team headquarters in New Jersey, practice facility in New Jersey. They should be the New Jersey Jets for crying out loud. And maybe I'd actually root for them, but <laughs> until that day, ah, uh, uh, but, you know, I, I actually see, I, I see Carolina giving the ball to uh, Derrick Henry, and I'm not going to go against the best running back in the league right now, especially with a team that has been known to be streaky. Um even awful at times. Um, I just don't trust the Jets, man. Let's be honest. The Jets been in a rebuild mode since 1969, man. The team can't get it right. They had a nice little uh, trips to the uh, AFC Championship under Mark Sanchez, but never got the job done. And hopefully Zach Wilson pans out for them. Um, I think the kids got some talent, but I think they definitely need some more pieces. And as I said, Tennessee missing their two top guys is still probably just as talented as the Jets being healthy. So yeah. if if they had both guys, we wouldn't even be talking about this this game as much. But uh, they do have a window of hope. Um, I just don't know if they can actually get through uh, to the other side. Yeah, so one game we haven't talked about yet is the Broncos and Ravens, man. Uh, Broncos three three and now, um, Lamar two and one, Lamar coming off and the Ravens coming off uh, that uh, victory against the Chiefs and then that world our record breaking field goal from the Lions, so they have some some momentum, um, but got the but the bad man 
Teddy Bridgewater, man, both mobile quarterbacks, both can throw the sling the ball. Um, so who do you who do you have winning that game, man? Do you, oh, and like I said, what I tell you, big man, what I tell you, man, Boykins is back, Bateman is back. Let's get it, man. Big trust, big. Let's get it, bro. I'm gonna be honest. I actually like the Ravens in this one. Um, hey. the Broncos are three and zero, but it's a pretty weak three and zero. Um, their first three weeks, they've played the Giants, they've played the Jacksonville Jaguars, they played the Jets. These are not great teams. Um, these are bottom of the uh, barrel teams, dare I say? Um, they're just. Let's be honest, man. I'm not. I'm not gonna sugarcoat this. These teams are garbage. You know, these organizations got to be better. Uh, Jacksonville gets a little bit of a a uh, slide for me because, you know, they they have they, they brought in a guy who we all think is going to be the number one guy. Um, the Jets get a little bit of a slide for me, working with a new coach, new quarterback as well. But, you know, these teams aren't good yet. So the Broncos are 3-0, and but they haven't faced any real competition. They have not faced a quarterback. That is among uh, top of the league, you know. So Lamar Jackson is legitimately top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Um, He's got some pieces back around him. I would actually like to see more. um, I would like to see more of their running game being established out of uh, the Ravens. We know you guys lost a lot of... um, a lot of running backs. I think you guys are on like your third string right now. No, well, Tyson, don't sleep yeah. on Tyson Williams, man. Hey, Tyson, need to take care of the ball a little bit better. A little bit better. Know? And then we got Murray. We got Murray. Amy and Murray. hey, I'm rooting for him because I picked up Tyson Williams in my fantasy league. So shout out the Ravens. Uh, hopefully, y'all get the dub. I I just think you guys are a better team. Uh, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is you know a bad quarterback. I think he's okay. I think uh, the Broncos just are 3-0 because of the schedule right now. Um, but we'll see. I think this is the big test on to see whether or not the Broncos are legitimate or actually legitimate. But I just really don't see it happening, to be honest, my friend. And I think Baltimore uh, edges them out. I'd probably see that game probably about 28 to 26. But... And uh, that's only because of how close uh, Detroit came with you guys. But I definitely have the edge going to the Ravens there. I'll now, take Lamar's I mean, some, some news. Some news that can kind of like um, derail your derail your uh, your prediction is there was some news that Lamar had is seeming, has some back soreness. Um, he did miss, um, a, uh, I think, a practice because of that. Like, let me just back it up. I think there's a report. Um, cause I, I mean, I follow my teams really closely. Uh, so let me just double check on that. I know he missed practice because of that. Kind of like, but Greg Roman uh, is not worried about it. A little back flare a little bit. Because, um, you know, he, he, he has been running a lot. He has been getting hit a lot. And uh, let me just double check on that real quick. Um, uh, yeah, let me see. Let me see. So, Big J, let me ask you this. With him having the back problems, as we already said, um, I'm not really afraid of the Broncos. If you're the Baltimore Ravens, this is a game. Do you think that this is a game that you can afford to actually rest him and let that injury heal? I don't think. Could be, I mean, could be got a good backup man, in Tyler Huntley, man. I, I ain't worried about that, man. We got Tyler Huntley. 
Um, Got some but, pieces there, you know, to help him out win. Sammy Watkins, Hollywood Brown. Um, we'll see. He has, to catch, he has to catch some balls early in the first half. Like, he can't be dropping them passes like he for did sure. in, the third, man, for in the first half. But he did pick it up in the second half. Um, um, yeah, I mean, Greg Roman said that he's not really, you know, he's take a day by day. Um, I mean, I don't know. I think the report came out a few days ago. Um, but Greg Roman said, you know, not, nothing to worry about, not really worried, but you know, you want to be cautious. Um, so yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind resting up for a game. Um, because I mean, I had faith in Tyler, he I, I feel like Tyler Huntley, um, is like a he, he can scramble, mm-hmm. he throw the ball really well. Um, so I mean, I ain't worried, and I'm excited to see Bateman return. Uh, I haven't seen him play yet, a rookie, uh, first rounder. I'm excited to see um, Boykins back. Kind of people have been looking down down on him because he hasn't really been productive. But he's like, uh, I think Willie Sneed last year reminded him of Miles uh, of um, of um, Michael Thomas uh, uh-huh. of his work ethic because he's tall like like Michael can, can go for the deep balls. Um, so he's coming back. Um, so yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if like we bench Lamar getting rest because um, you know. It's important, man, to have him for the games, man. Because, um, so yeah, I mean, I see the Ravens pulling out. Um, maybe I would say, like, I would say the score would be like 27 30. Um, just because you know, just it was, it was tight. Uh, you can see, it's trying to have been tight, mm-hmm. you know? um, but it wasn't, it wasn't really all on Lamar's fault, like, players dropping balls. Um, you know, we see it all the time, man. Um, like you gotta get stuff happens, man. So, uh, anything can happen, man. You know, we've been drilling it all episode, uh, since we've gotten into the uh NFL, but yeah, I think we both agreed on the Ravens there moving forward. Uh, we got the Cardinals and Rams. I think this is going to be an interesting one. I think it's going to be a quarterback shootout right there, man. With three no teams, man. Both three and no. Un- both undefeated. But, hey, everybody can't um, Everybody can't win, man. So either one team has to win, bro. So unless it's like an overtime game and they freaking tie it. Like, like it was that one game, right? It was like the Cardinals and Texans. I think they had a draw. We've seen we've seen a couple of ties over the years, uh, a little more recently. Um, I don't think I don't know if it's definitely if there's a game to tie uh, to draw. This could be it. Yeah, uh, the Rams defense is still solid. Uh, they have the best interior pass rusher, um, maybe ever. Honestly, Aaron Donaldson is a bad man. Uh, the numbers that he puts up at, from the defensive tackle position is just insane. You obviously have to put that into your uh, planning when going against the Rams. Kyler Murray, we talk about, you know, we always talk about running and um, quarterbacks that are able to take off. We always mention Josh Allen. We always mention Lamar Jackson. Kyler Murray got a set of wheels on him, man. This kid is just, he, he, he's kind of like a, it's kind of just like a walking Madden game, man. He's just juking everybody out, running around. Uh, he's, he's short out there. I believe he's only like 5'10". Uh, a lot of people didn't like that about him, but the kid is just a flash of lightning. He's, you know, you can barely see him. <laughs> he's sure he got an arm on him. He's making plays. Um, and we'll see. You know, he's he's working with DeAndre Hopkins, and 
I don't I don't know, man. This one could go to either one. The Rams, as we said, are a solid team. They brought in Matt Stafford, obviously, was the top move to make. And getting rid of Jared Goff was definitely the right move. I was never sold on Jared Goff. And I think this is this is one of those things that we're talking about where Matt Ryan that the, the Atlanta Falcons need to do their due diligence. Matt Ryan, thanks for everything that you did to us. Let's go get you to a team for a contender and bring in somebody younger that we can develop, uh, just like Detroit did for Matt Stafford. And um, I think this game could go either way, but I think I actually kind of like the Rams coming off the uh, the win. Big J, your mic is on mute, my man. That's two strikes, man. Third one you out, B. Huh? I said third one you out. <laughs> nah, you're all good, man. We all make mistakes. Um, now I was saying that um, I could see the Atlanta Falcons tanking and then um, getting Bryce Young in Alabama, bro. We got some options here, man. Um, but I think they definitely need to move Matt Ryan. But I don't believe in the whole tanking because like, I feel like you should like if you want to win, you got to win now. But hey, that's what teams do. I mean, you know. But definitely, like you said, like get Matt Ryan out of there and then get someone young that's developed like Bryce Young um, um, and get him in there, man. Um, you got to do your due diligence. You got to get Matt Ryan out of there, man. Right, right. Like any more games we didn't cover, man? Any more games? Yeah, yeah. We got a, got a couple more here before we wrap this up. I think we only got a couple games. So we'll, we'll bust through this one real quick. We got uh, the Seahawks and the 49ers. Uh, Russell Wilson's a bad man. This 49ers got a solid defense. Um, that's another one that is potentially game of the week for me. Interdivision, uh, they always go at it. And honestly, monster man, you know, the 49ers are actually uh favorite in that one. The Seahawks are going through some pains recently. That's a toss up for me. I honestly don't even know if I have a prediction. Probably gonna go, um. With the bookies on this one, uh, probably go 49ers. I, I think it's going to be a, a close one. Uh, Steelers and Packers. Um, I like the Packers in that one. Steelers' offense has not been uh, the best. Um, Aaron Rodgers still a bad man. And he even he, he's one of those guys I'll never go against. Ben Roethlisberger, if he's even still starting there, I don't even know who the hell they're starting in, in – uh, my and, um, uh, Dwayne Haskins, maybe. Uh, is he? Yeah, he's on the team. That's that's a possibility. I know they have our boy um, Mason Rudolph. I'm pretty sure, but yeah, Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger. I mean, listen, Ben had an okay game against the Bengals uh, recently, but I mean, he's really showing signs of slowing down. He's not what he used to be. So for that reason, um, and because there's just hey, they got Najee Harris. Najee Harris is dope. Um, out of Alabama, but you know, the uh Green Bay Packers have uh Adam Jones coming out of um the backfield, and he's been really solid, um, for them. So, it you know, I just think there's better offensive weapons for um for the Packers, and I'm sorry, uh, Aaron Jones. Not Adam, Aaron Jones out of the backfield. And let's be honest, man, we don't ever talk about the Packers, but they have a quality wide receiver there, man. We are talking about one of the best in the game. And we can just not 
say enough good things about uh Devonte Adams, man. The guy is just a baller. So for that reasons, I gotta go with Green Bay. Um, moving on here. Yeah, like I'm gonna keep it simple and sweet, man. Packers steamrollers. They're gonna steamroll the Steelers, man. Hey, Steelers uh, gonna win over the Bills, but they they yeah. got a solid defense here. Um, they're gonna have to rely on the defense. I just you know the game is geared towards offensive favoritism these days. So for those reasons, I definitely see the Packers coming out on top. And lastly, but not least, uh, another potential game of the week, uh, the game that I actually probably am most excited for outside of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, oh, did we even talk about Cowboys? Cowboys and Panthers, that's going to be a nice game. Uh, I think oh, Dak's going to carry the momentum, and I see a Cowboys win. I think that defense is going to give um, – Are they are the Panthers undefeated? They're 3-0? The Panthers some problems. Especially, uh, what was that? Is, are, are the Panthers are they are they undefeated? Um, I they just might be Big J. Um, because you can't see my boy Sam Darnold, man. Well, yeah, I mean, hey, they nice man. Yeah, I believe they actually just might be. Okay, I think you know, it's, it's been a couple couple of ugly Rams, ones. Cardinals and um, I think Panthers are only undefeated teams in the league. Yeah, they, they're coming in undefeated, but hey, um, you know, Cowboys, they definitely have a better quarterback. I think Sam Darnold has finally shown what he's able to do. I think he's a solid guy. Um, I think ha- not having Christian McCaffrey is actually going to be really bad for that team. Uh, hopefully the Cowboys can carry the momentum moving forward. Zeke can get, finally keep it moving. He had a solid week um, last uh, last game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I would like to see Dak Prescott continue to do what he's been doing this season, proving that he is an elite quarterback. So hopefully the Cowboys keep moving. Uh, maybe a little biased here, but I see the Cowboys uh, edging that one. Um, the minus four and a half favorites. Uh, I think that game probably might be a little more high scoring. Um, I don't always trust the Cowboys defense. Um, so for that reason, I think we're looking at a 37 I'm sorry, 38-35 win for the Cowboys. Probably going to come down to a field goal. What else is new for them? Um, but the Raiders and Chargers, these have been two quality teams. Uh, Gruden's been getting a lot out of Derek Carr, getting a lot out of the Raiders. Um, a little lucky at times, let's be honest. Uh, Herbert's looking like a legitimate threat. That is legitimately going to be an exciting game, no matter how you look at it. Um, Big J, who do you like in this one? See, I'm I'm in a toss because I got Darren Waller on my on my fantasy. I'm I'm I need him to go off. Um, I don't, I, I, Chargers are nice, man. Chargers nice. Are nice. Herbert reminds me of like a young, young but a little faster than Tom Brady, man. Like I said in the other podcast, mm-hmm. like a good pocket passer, still young, still still developing. That's the thing about these QBs, man. You got Mahomes, like, what, 24, 25? Got Lamar Jackson, 24, 25, I think, or 20, 23, 24. Um, Herbert, still young. Uh, like, you know, all these young quarterbacks, like, we're 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 criticizing them, but they had so much more to play, bro. Like, so much years left to turn debtors wrong, man. And Herbert, I like Herbert, man. He's nice, man. Um, coming from Oregon, c- coming from a, a pass-heavy offense and run, Um with 
with that scheme. Um, it fits the Chargers scheme, fits that scheme. Um, I mean, they got, I mean, they got, they got my boy Mike Williams from uh, Clemson. They mm-hmm. got uh, Keenan Allen. I mean, they got a good roster, man. I mean, I don't know about their defense, really. Oh, I mean, we can't forget about um, the defense of uh, um, Joey Bosa. No, 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 no. Like when we talked about the um, the Rams, man, Donald, man, Aaron Donald, bro. Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean the Raiders? You talk about uh, their end, Max Crosby, coming off the end there, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, so Max Crosby, listen, both teams, um, Joey Bosa, nice. Max Crosby, yeah, ballers on the defensive end. They got a lot of offensive pieces. Um, this is lit- literally a toss-up for me. I actually think I like the uh, the Raiders in there. I think they just played a slightly um, better schedule, beating the Ravens uh, in week one. Uh, they played the Steelers, uh, edged them out 26-17. to 17. Week three, uh, they beat the Dolphins, whereas, you know, the Chargers have been doing work. They lost to the Cowboys. Cowboys did not have a great game offensively on uh, in that one. Um, definitely relied a little more on the running deck. Did, didn't even have a touchdown that game. Um, so shout out to the Chargers defense. But, you know, uh, last week the Chargers played – my apologies. The Chiefs won that game. Um, you know, everybody gets one, man. They balled out. The defense making some plays. Literally a toss-up. I think I actually like the Raiders in this one. But last thing here, Jay, we've been going for a while here. Yes, sir. There's one thing I just really wanted to cover, my man. Uh, the Thursday night game, I got to bring it back to this. Trevor Lawrence is a bad man. Doesn't have much help. DJ Chark goes down. Their number one wide receiver. He's out for the season. I'm pretty. He just snapped his ankle. Um, the kid is six six, right? Two hundred twenty pounds. And if anybody that watched that game out there, he he's mobile. Throws dimes on the run. You know this this kid has glimpses of magnificent. You know, um, he we saw him in Clemson was awesome. Uh, we see what Clemson's going through without having a generational talent like him. Urban Meyer, I'm a big fan, but we'll see how it translates. I got to question some of the calls. There was a crucial uh, fourth and one down on the goal line, literally one yard away, where you obviously, in my opinion, this kid is 6'6". You trust the line there. You go quarterback sneak. Um, but because he was dicing up the Bengals with some read options there, uh, Earlier, we saw him juke uh, a linebacker out of his shoes for crying out loud. But they they they're in they're in the red zone, fourth and one, chance to go up three scores. They don't take the field goal that some people are questioning that. But hey, I like the move going for it. But a run, they decide to do a run out of the shotgun, right? And I don't know if they were thinking speed option. It was definitely some kind of option there. Um, and Lawrence. Is out of the shotgun, runs, takes a big hit, big collision at the line of scrimmage, doesn't get in. I don't know what they're thinking. They need to get it together down there in Jacksonville. I don't know why you're having this rookie quarterback uh, in these positions to take these kind of hits. Um, either take the three points or go QB sneak, or, you know, you have a running back. James Robinson's a solid running back. Get him the ball in that, that situation. Jacksonville, they need some pieces. You know, they're still in rebuilding mode, but... I think they're just shooting themselves in the foot, which is bad decisions here. Um, 
you know, we see a lot of people going after the coach. And Big J, what does it mean to you when you have a rookie coach and a rookie quarterback? Obviously, there's potential to grow together, but do you like the pairing necessarily, or does that tend to bother you? Like, are you are you asking like just like in general, or are just the Urban Meyer and the Lawrence? Uh, well, let's let's go with both. You know, what do you think? That, what do you think Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence are going to accomplish together? Yeah. So I mean, I I didn't. Uh, I, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Um, but, but I didn't watch the game last night. Kyle's going back and forth between like, uh, the Yankees game and th- that game. Um, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm 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 looking at the box score. I mean, 17 for 24. Um, completions. Uh, just this is Lawrence. Um, 204 yards. Um. Uh, average eight and a half yards. Uh, clearly was balling out. He they did not out. lose because of Trevor Lawrence. Here's a stat for you, Big J. At one point, they were uh 50 on third down conversions, right? Mm-hmm. I think it, they were four for eight. All of those four at that point in time was from a run from Trevor Lawrence, you know, whether it was a read option or him taking off on a pass play. The kid is making plays out there, but. I don't know. I they they're just not being too smart. They're not working with much. They just to take these big contact, man. Yeah, like, but like to answer your question, I mean, I think like any with any coach with any new rookie quarterback, it's it's tricky and it, it, it's and a mystery of luck, man. Because like you know, a coach coming in from a college, obviously you know, Urban Meyer is, is respected as a college coach. He's very well liked in that college in the college world realm. Um, but you know, it's, I mean, when a coach doesn't have that NFL experience, like, it's tough, man. Cause you know, it's not just about the quarterback. It's about, you know, building that, building that chemistry, getting, you know, different personalities into the locker room, different player play types. It, it, it's tricky, but I mean, Hey, like I, I like the, this combination of Urban Meyer and, um, and Lawrence, man, it's kind of like a, uh, I think it's gonna work out, man. But I mean, they might not make it this year. But I mean, it's it's about progression, man. A new, it's kind of like a new coach in the NBA. A new coach in the NBA with you know a young a younger team, man. It's just gotta take time to gel. Um, but when it comes to these other quarterback situations, we have we have some rocky situations like in in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, like so, I was in um my sports uh, storytelling class, and I had to write like you know just a lead um article for like one of the assignments, and I did one on Justin Fields and how like Matt Nagy Bears fans despise Matt Nagy right now because he's not really saying who's going to be starting in Week Four, um because Dalton I don't know if he's hurt still. We got you know the veteran Nick Foles in. Or Justin Fields, we saw what they did to Fields. They destroyed him. Um, but he's. I think the, the reporter asked him, "What are your what's your game plan for Week Four?" He was like, "Oh, I'm gonna keep it internal." Mm-hmm. Well, hey like- man, but, but that's that's the thing. You know, that's that's kind of smart because you never know what to throw at the guys. I think you bring up a really good point there with Matt Nagy because this is a guy who's been a head coach for a couple of years with a rookie quarterback. I don't think it's gonna necessarily work out, and it's not gonna be because of Justin Fields' fault. I think it's Matt Nagy's on a borrowed time over there in Chicago. Um, but, you know, that's uh, my last question for you, Big J. Sorry, right? sorry. 
you know, we're gonna start wrapping this up in a second. My last question for you, right? <laughs> yes, we got we got Robert Sala, um, who's the former defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. He's now the head coach over for the New York Jets. He's working with a rookie quarterback, um, in Zach Wilson. Never been a head coach, um, that I that we know uh, that I know of. I think he's just been a coordinator, worked his way up. And now he's landed himself a head coaching job in New York with a, a young rookie quarterback. And then Jacksonville, you know, we have um, Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence. Um, nice pairing down there, man. Uh, potential to grow together. You, with your view, man, what do you, would you prefer to see? A, a coach with NFL experience um, or a coach with head coaching experience? Who would you rather take the shot out the the shot with a rookie quarterback that is, you know, considered to be an elite talent like Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence. I'd rather have a coach that has has more experience in the NFL. Um, you know, someone a coach who know, who knows the ropes, who's been who's has who's a coach who's who's know who knows how to deal with a coach who knows how to deal with losses and wins. Um but like I said, like the situation with Jacksonville is lucky because you know it's not luck, but a little bit of luck because Trevor Lawrence is a wonderful talent, um, and Urban Meyer, like he realizes he doesn't want to waste that good talent because he wants you know get hit, get the ball rolling early. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd rather have a quarter or a coach that has a little more experience. But now, if you were, if you know the game, because obviously NFL and college is different paces to the game, like with coaching and with the players on the field. Absolutely. So I, I believe that, I believe that some good, like I mean, I would love to see Nick Saban coaching NFL, man. But I don't, Again? I don't know what happened. Yo, that would be great, man. I, I don't think he could. I, 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 he's never leaving Alabama. We no, no, no. That. He's never leaving. He's, he, he, but I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it translate, man. Um, I think he knows how to get kids ready. I don't know if he necessarily can do it. We saw him at the NFL level; didn't really work out. That's why he ends up going back down, becomes God in Alabama. But you know, I, I, I like your take, man. Uh, I really appreciate it. You going with the experience. Um, I think Robert Sala is definitely a guy we like. I, I, I don't always trust defensive coordinators when it comes to being uh transitioning to head coaches we saw a, a couple of them you know wade phillips was a uh a solid defense coordinator was not a good head coach for dallas he was all right but like i couldn't stand it um better than jason garrett but still depending on the year you know um rex ryan solid defensive coordinator now a head coach uh when he was a head coach um for the jets i'm sorry was a defense coordinator, was a solid defensive coordinator, becomes the head coach of the Jets. Uh, debatable. You know, he got him to a couple of AFC championships, Mark Sanchez. But I don't know. I actually like taking a chance on the new guy. Um, doesn't always work out from college. As we said, it's a completely new thing. But if there's a guy to do it, I think it's Urban Meyer. Um, I think it's completely situational. Um, but for me, if it's the right guy, like Urban Meyer, I think I like taking the shot here, Big J. But, hey. We have gone for two hours, man. You know what it is. We'll be back with another one on Monday. Big J, lead us out, dog. Yes, sir, man. So, yeah, man. Um, great talk. Great, great episode. Um, I want to thank you all for, like, tuning in to the show. Um, keep on, like, you know, if you have a homie or your boy 
or your girl or anybody, your family, your cousin, your aunts, please, man, share that. Share it. Anybody who's viewing it, share it, share it, share it. Um, we come in, I mean, I know we don't have our full team right now. You know, we got Matt coming in and Anthony, they're there to get some equipment, some microphones. But uh, good show. Um, thanks for tuning in, y'all. And uh, I'm Jordan, uh, JJL, Big J. And uh, we got my boy, Big Maz, man. And uh, yes, sir, man. Yes, sir, Big J. You know what to do. Yo, Brandon. if uh, if, if, if anyone wants to reach out to you, man, what's the best way, bro? Like, uh, man, if you want to reach out to me, Instagram. Uh, honestly, I, I got to get on the Instagram game. Uh, the best way to reach out to me is uh, on Twitter at Big Papa Maz with M A double Z. Uh, one word. Double. You can find me on. You can find me on uh Twitter, man. You can catch those hot takes. Uh, me spreading spreading the knowledge out there, giving giving these these fire takes, you know. So Twitter is the best way, man. All day. Instagram coming soon, but you know the JJL Sports Show. We just getting started, man. Uh, we got some we got some great talent. Uh, as you said, Matt and Anthony just getting some technical difficulties out of the way and. We'll be back with another one better than ever. <laughs> another one, man. All right, brother. All right, all right, fans. Thanks for tuning in. Like I said, we'll, we'll be back with another episode maybe Monday or sometime in the week. Um, I know there's some going on on Monday, but we'll, we'll, we'll be back for sure next week. Um, let's get it, man. Well, goodbye, everyone. And uh, have a good weekend, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.